my sermon was saved and and it wasn't so uh but it was it was all there is in my head anyway so i'm good holy spirit yeah everybody doing okay i know our crowd our crowd is a little low today what's the deal no see we don't we don't come in agreement with summertime here's the deal here's the deal i'm serious we don't speak that we just don't if you've been speaking it repent okay we don't, we don't speak that our offerings are down in the summer. You know why? Because they never are. Because we don't speak it. We, there's power in our words. So we, here, here's the deal. If, if you see it looks like they were down in attendance, that means you need to bring somebody with you next week. Oh. Yeah. Oh, everybody's on vacation. No, not everybody's on vacation. You're here and I'm here. So That's right. That's right. So today we're looking at the, the, one of my, I always say this, one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite parables, and that's in Luke chapter 15. So if you would turn your Bibles there, you're going to need to keep them open there. Luke 15. We won't do a whole lot of more scriptures, but we're going to just actually go through um, verse 20, 24. We're going to stop at 24 today. I, I know I put in the, the worship guide through 31. That's not Maggie's mistake that was uh, i just decided we we're not going to talk about the other brother today the religious brother y'all know who i'm talking about we're not going to talk about him we're going to talk about the father so uh read read along with me starting with verse 11 then he said this is jesus telling this parable then he said a certain man had two sons say two sons gotta make sure you're here and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that falls to me so he divided to them his livelihood. Now, if you go back and read in the Old Testament, the, the younger son actually got a third. The older son got two-thirds. So he said, divide, uh, divide uh, our livelihood, the goods that fall to me. So the father did that. Not many days after, I, I can envision the younger son getting his packing, getting his backpack uh, with all the necessities of life, you know, the, the, the cheese and crackers and all those things he was going to need on this journey. Uh, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Say prodigal. Now, prodigal just means worldly, okay? Don't let that word throw you. It just means worldly, a worldly lifestyle. So he, he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Uh, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and began to be in want. <laughs> then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. That means he became employed. Okay, and he sent it to him into the fields to feed the swine. Now, that's the Greek word for pigs. Okay, he, went, he just sent him into the fields to feed the swine. Now, this young man was Jewish. Swine were not on his top, you know, if he had to pick out his top three jobs in life, uh, probably feeding pigs would not be there. Matter of fact, they wanted to stay as far away from pigs as they could. But here he was, he had lost everything. Uh, I'm sure all of his friends had gone because his money had run out. And he was there feeding pigs. And verse 16 says, And when he, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that his swine ate, and no one gave him anything. How many of you have ever had a lot of money, and at the same time you had a lot of friends, and when you run, your money ran out, your friends ran away? Well, that's kind of what happened here. I, this statement says, And no one gave him anything. It, it's like there was, there was no freedom fellowship down the street so he could go to the food pantry. Nobody, nobody gave him anything. But when he came to himself, say, came to himself. That's when he actually came to his senses. Other translations say he came to his, his senses. I've heard another translation. I couldn't find it. 
uh, that said when he came to the end of himself. In other words, he had exhausted all of his self, and he couldn't do anything uh, of, in and of himself anymore. But it says when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and spare, and, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, he means and God, and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he had a plan. Listen, if you have nothing left in your life, you need to make a plan to get something. So he made a plan. He said, I'm going to go back to my dad. Okay? Verse 20. And he arose and he came to his father. Woo, I love this. Try to get through this without crying. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Kissed him. I mean, kissed him. Just, can y'all get this picture in your mind? Here's this raggedy old son. He probably didn't look like, I mean, he had probably lost a lot of weight. He, he, he didn't have much. He was probably tattered and torn. And he probably didn't smell too good. Think about that. And he is dragging himself up, getting over the hill, and his dad sees him. And he comes running. He just starts, takes off running. I, I wanted to get my son up here west but i thought i might get injured if i tried to tackle him because that's what i envision i envision a father probably elderly father running to the son and just jumping on him now the son's probably thinking oh dad's about to kill me <laughs> but he jumped on him and i pictured him rolling i just i just do i just pictured him rolling it says he fell on his neck and just began to kiss him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry for the son. My son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they had a party. Get the band, get the jukebox, plug in the music. We're going to have some fun. Don't y'all, can y'all see that or is that just me? I mean, just having a, you know, we, you know what? We, we get together and we celebrate Father's Day, Mother's Day, and Christmas. We do all those things. When is the last time we had a party for somebody getting saved? I think we need to start thinking about that, like a quarterly party for all the new people that, people that come to the kingdom. Let's get them all together and let's have a dance. <laughs> my daughter married a jewish man and in her wedding i, I, I co-officiated as a christian and a rabbi picture that but i'm telling you after the wedding after they got married after they got hitched they, we had a party and the jewish people know how to celebrate man they put me and mary lou up on chairs Woo, woo! you know they're all they're all dancing around in the circles you know and all doing all that stuff and i thought you know that's probably what they did they probably had this young son up in the chair, raising him up and down, and they were just having a party. And we, we just, somehow, we got into this mode of we can't have fun and party as Christians. Can we? Okay, let's come on. So this, this, this parable, how many of you have your Bibles with you? What does the parable say? What does it say about the parable? The parable of what? So most of you have that, the parable of the lost son. 
So you can actually, you can name this a parable of the lost son or the religious son. You can, but I want you to name it today. I want you to, I want you to put a new title on it, the parable of the kingdom father. Because that's what I want us to look at today. The kingdom, we're going to focus on the dad, not on the kids. I mean, it is Father's Day. So I'm preaching this uh, series on the kingdom, restoring the kingdom, advancing the kingdom. And I'm thinking, you know, a couple of three weeks ago, we, we really dealt with a lot of issues with men. And, and, this, and this came up again. And I'm thinking, what if the prodigal dads came home? Think about that. What if the prodigal dads came home? Because we got too many worldly dads in our world. In our churches, we have worldly dads, and we're just saying, why don't these prodigal dads come home, and let's have a party, and then we can deal with our kids. But we have too many guys, we have too many dads that have checked out, and they become worldly, and they look just like the world, and they don't affect the kingdom of God. They don't advance the kingdom of God. Their families don't advance the kingdom of God because the dads are prodigals. True or not? I'm telling you, we, we have been sucked into this mold. You know, the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. But we have so many Christian dads, Christian dads that have been conformed to this world. And we wonder why the kingdom of God's not advancing at the rate that it should advance. Because dads are checked out. Dads are missing. Dads have gone AWOL in their families. Amen. Isn't this a fun Father's Day sermon? <laughs> I'm one of those dads. And there came a day when my son, who's standing back there, and I'm probably going to embarrass him a lot today. There was one day that my son came to me, and he didn't say it in so many words, but it was like, Dad, I know a lot more than you know. <laughs> I'm much smarter than you. Right? How many of you have teenagers that think they know more than you? This is supposed to be humorous. Brenda, did you ever think you knew more than your parents? Okay, Jeremy, did you ever think you knew more than your parents? Not at all. You're lying. You shouldn't lie in the house of God. No, I mean, I was a teenager once, and I thought I knew more than my parents. I mean, we all go through that stage, right? And it's not just guys, some of the women, some of you think you know more. And I don't know how, my, I, don't know how I made it through life with a mother and dad like I have, you know. But there comes a point in time when, when as parents, our children kind of think they know it all. And the, here's the cool thing. If your children are at that stage right now, there's going to be a day they're going to come back to you and say, you know what, I didn't know anything. <laughs> Teach me. Help me, Mom. Help me, Dad. Uh, there will be that day. They're going to understand, hey, you actually knew things about life that they thought they knew and they didn't. But there, there's, there, there has to be some wisdom. And, and because we're looking at this guy, this dad today, he actually let his son go. That wasn't the norm. Usually they got their inheritance when the dad died. And so he comes to his dad and says, I want my money. And the dad, I'm sure he had to go, well, what should I do? You know, I, it's normal that I give my son this money when, I, when I'm past, when I'm, at least when I'm older. And he wants his stuff now. And so the dad had to, be, have used, had to use some wisdom. How many of you had to let your children go? And you felt like that's the last thing you should have done, but you did anyway. But you had to use wisdom in that. And I, I believe this is a king. The kingdom-minded father said, you know, it's time for my son to go. 
Uh, he's come to a place where I can't teach him anything, so life is going to teach him. And life is a cruel teacher. I mean, any of you that stepped out on your own, you've got to know life is a pretty cruel teacher. Sometimes it's a real fast teacher, isn't it, Randy? You learn really quick because of what life throws at you. You go, wow, I don't, I don't know how to do this. And then you have to do something. Whether it's right or wrong, you have to do something. You have to make some decisions. Here's the key. When, 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 we're, when we're dealt life's tribulations, what I want us to see today is how do we respond to those things? Because I, I think, God, if we're going to advance the kingdom, we've got to have this thing called kingdom responses to situations in our life. Now, if you go back to Luke 15, 17, it says, He came to Himself. And he said, how many of my father's servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? And then he said, I'm going to go to my father. He's gonna, I'm gonna, I've, got this pre, I've got this rehearsed, uh, this saying I'm going to say to my father. I'm going to lay it before him and, and, and I've got it all ready and prepared. And he arose and he came to his father. And his father did what? I want us to look at verse 20. We're going to linger there a little bit. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is the father had this. Kingdom vision. Say vision. Kingdom vision. Is that up there? Nope. When he, the son, was still a great way off, his father saw him. What does that tell you about the dad? He was looking for him. How many of you have children, loved ones that are lost, that don't know Jesus? Are you looking for them? Now, that word look, you can just say, well, he just walked out, got on the porch, and don't see him today. I believe that word look means a lot more than that. I believe he was seeking his son. I believe that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I believe that he walked out every day, and not only was he looking, but he was seeking. Not only was he looking, he was praying. Not only was he looking, he was beseeching God. I'm just interceding for my son. Father, protect him while he's out there. Hold on to him, Father. Bring him to his senses, Father. He is praying prayers of faith over his son. We have to have kingdom vision in the church. If we're going to advance the kingdom, we've got to start seeing people differently. Well, you can't just look at people and go, well, they're not, they're not going to make it, or they're no good. I know their past. I know their family. They're not going to make it and speak death over them. You have to have kingdom vision to see the potential in people that God has created for His kingdom. He's created all of us. He has this grand plan for all of us. You know, we heard, I believe God's got this great plan for Bosch and for Bianca and for Cody and for Chad, but that applies to all of us. He has this great plan for all of us. But if we don't have kingdom vision and we're not looking out for those people that can't see, then we'll miss it. You know, we, we, I had kingdom vision for my son and for my daughter. You know, I was trusting, praying for God to, to wrap Wes up and bring him home and bring him to his senses. But sometimes we, we only do that for our family members. We don't do it for the other people. We've got to have kingdom vision, church. We've got to see people through the eyes of Christ. We have to have vision that says, like God said, I see, I see you, Gideon. I see you hiding in that barrel. I see in that wine press. And I know that you're afraid. But you know what the angel said? The angel of the Lord said, Gideon, mighty man of valor, get up. 
How many of you know people that are hiding right now, but you need to speak it, you need to see in their life that they are going to be mighty men of valor, mighty women of valor, but you've got to have the vision to call it forth and speak life to them. 1 Corinthians 10, 32 through 33 says, Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Listen, if we're looking at people and wanting to see what we can get from them, and instead of seeing what God wants to do for them and through them, we will miss it. We've got to have kingdom vision. The second thing, In verse 20 we see, But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Say compassion. Say it like you mean it. Say compassion. Over and over and over in the scriptures, Jesus would heal the sick, raise the dead, feed the thousands. You know why? Because he had... He had this heart to serve. He had this heart of mercy and kindness and tenderness. This father sees his son and he, and he looks at him from a far way off. He's been looking for him and he has this thing called compassion. Guys, you cannot manufacture compassion. Well, I think I just need to be more compassionate. No, if you've got Jesus in you, you are compassionate. You need to speak it over yourself. Start believing it. It's mercy. 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Say blessing. Blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Did you know your Father in heaven wants to bless you? He, He has his storehouse of blessings he wants to pour out to his children. And we walk around thinking he doesn't want to do anything for us except to correct us. And we miss these blessings that God has for us. You know, we were in uh, California. We have one grandson, and he's almost 12, and his name's Preston, and he's the best grandson. I don't care what yours is, but mine is the best. I'm serious. No, I'm really serious. He was, he was so good. How many of you know Preston? He never gave us like like 30 seconds of trouble. And we're dragging him, putting him on a plane. And all the time we're, we're having fun with him. And he's going along. Here's these grandparents in their 60s. And it's just him and us. And, and we're, we're just having a blast. And you know what we wanted to do while we were there with him? Bless him. Say bless him. We wanted to bless him. He said, Papa, I, I sure, those, those vans, those, those shoes, those vans look really cool. I'd like to have, man, I'd love to bless you with a pair of vans. Get you a cap while you're at it and a shirt. <laughs> we went, we got some ice cream. We went to one place, it was red velvet ice cream. And he got red velvet, he just dripped. It came out of the bottom of the, the waffle cone and got on his shirt. And I said, don't worry about it, we'll get you another shirt. <laughs> I just wanted to bless him. But you know what? That's what we should want to do as parents. We should want to bless our kids. Our Heavenly Father wants to bless us. And we just whine and complain and groan. God said, hey, as long as you're doing that, I can't bless you. But if you will, if you will just walk in simple obedience, I, I mean, I want to bless you. He wants to bless us. Kingdom compassion. The next thing what you see is kingdom humility. Again, this is my favorite part of the verse. 
But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. He had kingdom vision, had compassion. He had kingdom compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, what does that have to do with humility? He ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. How many of you remember when you got to the age you did not want your parents to kiss you? Especially when they dropped you off at school. Uh, uh, come here, I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm old enough now, Mom, Dad, just leave me. No, no kisses. Have to humble ourselves to be hugged sometimes. Have to humble ourselves to be kissed sometimes. Have to humble ourselves and, you know, Again, I, I'm using grandparent thing because I'm a grandparent. I love to, we, we, when we were, when Preston was not so big, uh, he loved to play King of the Hill. We'd go in our, our bedroom, and have, we have a queen-size bed, and he'd say, Papa, let's play King of the Hill. And uh, I would get on the bed, and he'd try to knock me off the bed. Here's a grown man playing King of the Hill. <laughs> and I would be the, the, the lion of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> You know, we just we have fun, and the viewers just went up on live stream. <laughs> courage, I just courage. We would just laugh, but you know what? You have to humble yourself. You have to humble yourself and become like a child. Remember, I did a whole sermon on kid stuff, being like kids in the kingdom. But this dad, I'm thinking, if this dad was older. I don't run. I tried to run on the beach with Preston the other day, and my heels hurting, and he's he's out running me, and he's just eleven years old. He's out running me, and I just couldn't believe that. But I was trying to keep up with him. But I, w- I was thinking of this dad running and humbling himself. He didn't care what the neighbors thought. You know, he might have had some high flute neighbor next door, like, "What's old Jim by running for? I haven't seen him run since his, you know." He's running. Oh, it's, that's his boy. That, that, oh, that old scoundrel of a son. What's he? I guess he's going to go drop kick his son now that he's come home. And he, he runs and he jumps on his son. He humbles himself. Becomes like his son. His son been in the dirt. He's been in the, in the pigsty. Sometimes we need it. We've got to get down where they're at, guys. Ministry is, if there's nothing you've ever learned before, I'll tell you this. Ministry is messy. And sometimes you've got to get down in the dirt with them. I'm not talking about sinning with them. I'm just trying to say get down to their level so you can speak to them. So you're not up here and they're down here. And you're some high and mighty elitist Christian and they're some lowly sinner. You know what? We're all the same in God's eyes. We're not supposed to elevate ourselves. So this father is saying, I'm going to become like my son. I got my sons come home. He loved him. He fell on him. He kissed him. When did we quit kissing? I wish I was Italian. You know, I kiss. Yeah, this is going to be a fun church, isn't it? We're going to start kissing. Everybody stand up. Hug somebody next to you. Just stand up and hug somebody. If you've got a fear of hugging, I just rebuke that fear of hugging. Hug somebody. All right, that's enough, that's enough, sit down. I'll never forget. All right, all right, all right, all right, quit. I just said hug one person, hug somebody. 
I'll never forget this. Probably as long as I live. I was, I was very much inspired by Jim Cimola, who started the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And if there was anybody I looked up to, and I didn't know him, I just read his books. But he started to work in a downtown in Brooklyn, New York, with 17 people and a dilapidated building and just began to minister to homeless people and drug addicts and alcoholics and just whoever. Just didn't care. But one day their church got big and he, uh, they, they got him a new building and all of a sudden he had kind of changed, he said. He was preaching one Sunday. He always wears a suit. He, he's a very modest guy, he just, but he always wears a suit and tie. And he was preaching that Sunday at the Brooklyn Tabernacle and he said, uh, this guy comes walking down the aisle, and he said, I could see it while he's coming down the aisle. It's a long aisle. He said, I could see him. And I thought, what does that guy want? I could see that. I could smell him from a long way off. He smelled like urine. And he said, I could tell his hair. He, he'd probably been sleeping out and under the bridge. And he said, I, I was prepared to reach into my pocket and grab out a 5 or a $10 bill, what was ever in there, because I knew that's what he was coming forward for. And so he walks up, and I'm standing there, and he said, Sir, can I help you? And he looked up at Jim, and he said, I want that Jesus you're talking about. He said, immediately, he just felt, oh, what have I done? What have I become? See, if we're not careful, guys, we can quit seeing people with that kingdom vision. And we can quit having that kingdom compassion and that humility. And he said, I said, he told that guy to come here. And he gave him this big hug, and he said, man, he smells so good. He said, because he had to repent. And sometimes we need to come to that place where we repent uh, of forgetting who we are and what God's called us to be. We need to have that kingdom humility. Titus 3 says, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. You know, I, I know this. I, I, I want to be careful here on the, taking too much license with this parable of the, of the kingdom dad. Because many people say he represents God the Father. But it doesn't really say that in this parable that he is God. He's, he's representation of the Father. Maybe, just maybe, let's, let's just think a little bit. Maybe this dad was willing to receive his son and hug him and kiss him because maybe his dad had had a past too. Maybe this dad had dealt with some things in his life. He had overcome some things in his life. You see, for us, all of, none of us in here are perfect. None of us are even close to perfect. I don't care what you think about yourself. None of us are close to perfect. And once we see people and we think we're better than them and we can't receive them, then you've got a problem. Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So when you reject that homeless person or that person that smells like alcohol or that person that's got too much money, you don't want to even get near them. It works both ways, okay? When you get to that place, then you've lost sight of the kingdom of God. You've lost sight of it. And then what you do is repent. Because Jesus forgave you of all your sin. He forgave me of all of mine. What right do I hold somebody else and, and say I'm better than them? Just don't have it. 
Luke 15, go down to verse 22. I know I wouldn't have time to get to the other son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. This is after he gets him up off the ground and dusts him off. Well, no, I, I've got to do verse 21 because this is, this is funny. After the father runs, tackles him, kisses him, all that, the son says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I think he'd rehearsed that, that line so much, he thought, I've got to get this line out. If I don't say it now, I don't know when I'm going to be able to say it. Because he didn't, get to, he didn't get to finish it. The father says this, bring out the best robe. It's almost like, shh, that's enough, son. Hey, servants, bring out the robe. Bring out the ring. Bring the sandals. Kill the calf. My son who was lost is now he found. When he was blind, now he sees we're going to have a party. He, he just, listen. We've got to have this thing called kingdom love, which leads to kingdom forgiveness and restoration. Now, I know it doesn't say any of those words in those verses. None of those words. You know what we do, guys? See, the father forgave his son, Brandon. He just didn't tell him he forgave him. We're good about, oh, I've forgiven them. I've, ca- I've counseled people. Well, have you got all against this? Well, no, 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 pastor, I've forgiven them. Yes, sir, I've forgiven them. You know what? We need to start showing forgiveness more than we speak it. It's easy. Really, it's really easy if they're in California or Timbuktu and they've hurt you and you know they've offended you and you pray the prayer, well, God, I just release them, I forgive them, and I just thank you, Father, I'm repenting, I've changed my heart and released the pain, all that stuff. But the next time you see them, you run from them. Right? And he's called us to show our actions by our words... Actions actually should follow our words or our words should follow our actions. And, and so he says to the son, he didn't say, I forgive you, son. He just says, hey, hey, we're going to have a party for you. You're back. I love you, son. I want you to have your rightful place. Oh, but dad, I'm just going to be. No, you're not a servant. You're my son. But, but dad, you don't know what I yet. Yeah, son, I don't need to know what you've done. I forgive you. But, Dad, you know, I took all that money you'd worked so hard for all of those years. Son, it doesn't matter. Money's not important. What's important is that I've got you back. You see all those things in that verse? He's saying, I love you, son. It's not about the money. It's not about what you've done. It's about you're here now, and I want to bless you. I thought of some things that the robe might represent. I believe the robe represents covering his shame with righteousness, the robes of righteousness. I believe the ring represents the fact that he said, you're my son. I want to make sure you know you're my son. Put the ring on his finger. The sandals, I want you to know, son, you're worthy of my love. Matter of fact, I'll stoop down and put them on for you. Just like Jesus washed the disciples' feet. The fatted calf, I think, represents in some ways the, the sacrifice that was paid. By Jesus Christ on the cross. So we could celebrate life. Kingdom love forgives and it restores. 1 Peter 4.8 says, And above all things have fervent love for one another, for 
Love will cover a multitude of sins. You know, sometimes when we want to come to Jesus, and I've said this before, we try to lead people in what we call a sinner's prayer. I'm not so sure about that anymore. I just don't even see it in the Bible. Sorry. You know what I saw in the, in the baptismal waters this morning? I saw Chad with tears running down his face. He didn't have to say a word. It's not about what we say, guys. It's about our heart. It's about a heart change. And listen, if we're going to advance the kingdom, and I believe God has positioned us to advance the kingdom in San Angelo, Texas. I believe that with all my heart. If we're going to advance the kingdom, it's not going to be just dads having a kingdom mindset, but it's going to be every person in here and the people that aren't here having a kingdom mindset and doing these things that this prodigal received when his dad ran to him and forgave him and loved him. Can you imagine if all of us just think, I don't know how many people are here today, what, 150, 200 people? Can you just imagine if all of us in this room had this kind of a mindset that this dad had for the lost? Would we advance the kingdom a little bit quicker? I think so. Would you please stand?